White Rocket Entertainment, podcast number 787. The White Rocket Babylon 5 Review Podcast is brought to you by people like you, our Patreon.com family. To join the ranks and help us keep the show going, visit www.b5review.com. That's www.b5review.com and click on the button to become a patron. It's the White Rocket Babylon 5 Review Podcast. Reviewing the entire Babylon 5 series, plus Crusade and everything else. Now here are your hosts, Van Allen Plexico and Andy Fix. Live from the Ranger Training Center on Tuzanor. It's the White Rocket Babylon 5 Review Podcast. I am your host, Van Allen Plexico, and I'm joined as always by my co-host, Andy Fix. Andy, how are you doing tonight, sir? I am doing wonderful, Van. I'm doing great because tonight is the uh, the 31st anniversary of the premiere of a little TV show called Babylon 5. Wow. It It is. Yeah. D- yeah. Uh, early 94. So it was, it was February 22nd, 94. I thought it was 93. Well, was 90, 94? 93 was the gathering. 94 was the regular series. So is this the anniversary of the gathering? That's a I good guess, question. I guess it is. That would maybe, make sense. Maybe, yeah. Maybe, well, you're right. It is the anniversary of the gathering. Yes. Okay. It's the anniversary of the, the pilot movie. Yeah. Right. Yep. Yep. Cool. Uh, it feels like we were just talking about the anniversary last. It's, it's been a whole year. We This show's been around longer than I realized. We've been, right. we've been well, rocking we and rolling were, here for We were just talking about the anniversary of the debut of the show, of the, the, the first episode, which right. was just... Back in December, I think, or was it early, or was it in maybe it was in January? It may have been early January. I, I feel yeah. like there was a whole year between them, or at least a calendar. You know, a, there was, it was a different there calendar. Was, yeah, there was a calendar year. Yeah. but I, 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 it, it was definitely the the premiere of the TV series was earlier this year, mm-hmm. and then the anniversary of the Gathering mm-hmm. was this. But it was a full year, almost a full year after the Gathering before the TV series premiered. Yeah, you're right. That's so it. this is the anniversary of the Gathering. Wow, that's amazing. So it's it's yeah. it's been over. So yeah, thirty one. Yeah, thirty one years since wow. the, the the debut of the guy. And I still remember the night I watched that. It was freaking awesome. I, I still get get goosebumps thinking about watching that for the first time. How I, how <laughs> how that impacted me. I was floored. I've told the story before. I watched it with a friend who was a huge Star Trek fan, and it did not go well. <laughs> she did not want anything competing with Star Trek, and I don't think she was ah. happy about it. Right, but uh, she is currently married to one of my best friends, and so he can deal with the Star Trek now. <laughs> no, she's wonderful. They're both wonderful. And I love them to both to death. But it's just funny. Um, that's well. There's an there's an announcement or news item about the the, the anniversary of the gathering, which is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, do we have any other news or announcements? Anything? I mean, I feel like we've I just have- kind of been on hold. I have two that are kind of tangential. Okay. Uh, one of them is um, Paramount and Peacock. Looks like that merger is going to go through now. Um, that is that is the the big thing is Paramount has ditched Warner Brothers and is now going with with Peacock. So that means Warner Brothers is without the the sci-fi franchise they're looking for. So that might be good news for the reboot. Okay. So we're going to get Param- Paracock. Right. <laughs> or P-Mount. <laughs> P-Mount. That's it. 
And the other bit of news is, and this is really tangential, uh, a, a tabletop role-playing game company called um, Chaosium is pu- republishing a lot of the... Uh, um, there was a little role-playing game called uh, Pendragon, mm-hmm. which is about King Arthur. And they are... Back in 1987, there was a, um, uh, a, a role-playing supplement, an adventure that they published uh, that was one of the greatest role-playing game adventures ever published. And they are republishing it with additional material. And the original was written by one Larry Dottilio. Yes. So I, I love how you was, made that. I love how you made that connection. That was great. Good old Larry. Yeah. So yeah, and in in my post I put uh, maybe we'll get some Jovian sunspots in there. Yeah, King Arthur stops over for a Jovian sunspot. That's that's right. That's awesome. oh, and I'm sorry, the the uh, um, it's called the Grey Knight. Yeah, is the name the name of that. So, but that's coming out in April. So I'm very I, excited about that. I saw you posted that on Facebook and was excited. Yeah, that looks really cool. So, I don't know nearly as much about the RPG stuff as you do, but right. it did look, it did look pretty cool. Pendragon is one of the greatest RPGs ever made. So, how about it's that? Fabulous. Speaking of which, and related to Babylon Five, at, at some point when we get into the peripherals of Babylon Five, after we get through Crusade and everything, I've yes. got a whole shelf over here of the Babylon Five role-playing game books from Mongoose. Mm-hmm. I bought them as they were coming out back in was it around two thousand, early two thousands, I guess that they were coming out. Yeah. They were the second publisher of the, the yeah. role-playing game. There was their Electric yeah. Chameleon or something like that mm-hmm. was the first publisher. But, yeah. Yeah, the, yeah, first, they, the first publisher the first was a little paperback, paperback, like a gray paperback. Right, right. And these are those black hardcovers. Yeah, Mongoose, Mongoose put a lot of money and resources into it, and it was they were the books were beautiful. And then they kind of got halfway screwed over by JMS halfway he yeah. felt like they were screwing him over so we'll right. talk about that but I do want to br- right. I do want to talk about those before we're done with this show it's the series because because uh, there's some interesting books they're they're pretty cool I've yeah. got most of them I've got I've never played yeah. a wit of the game but I've got most of them so they that's are what, pretty cool. tend to be how these things work is I get these things and I never play them <laughs> I've had the I've had the Chronicles of Amber role-playing game book since like 1990 oh. and I've never Never played it a single time. That game is so much fun. It is yeah. so different from any other role playing game. It's never, fabulous. Never that's played the diceless. That's the diceless yeah. role playing oh, yeah. game, right? Yeah, one never. of the greatest games ever written. It's fantastic. Yeah, thanks. Great. Tell me that. <laughs> Tell me what I've been missing out on all these years. I know. I know. Oh golly! I've just never had anybody around me that wanted to play it, so I've never been able to play it. Um, kind of like the Babylon Five card game. <laughs> I was so excited to get to get to have you kick my butt in Chicago last year because it's the first time I'd played in like ten years. Right. Well, um, any other news or items? I don't have anything Babylon Five related this week, really. I, I there hasn't really been anything going on. Yeah. There, there really isn't a lot going on. Not right now, anyway. Well, we don't have ads on this program. Instead, we have you guys, the listeners, who keep us going. And those are the folks that much appreciated. They went to www.b5review.com to click on the button to become a patron. And we're going to thank those people later in the show and tell you how you, too, can do it. And it's to go there and click on the button. Um, We also have a spoiler section at the very end of the show, if there are any spoilers that come up during our conversation. And you will know that that section has begun when you hear the jump gate sound, which sounds something like this. Smoke weed every day. No, no, no. (laughs) Man, Snoop Dogg got into the Vorlon homeworld and everything's gone 
gone haywire. That's not that it. Would, that would have been a whole different show. That would have been a whole... You know, it's more like... Jump gate activated. That's more like it, right? So, there we you go. Know, so, you, you mentioned earlier that the patrons keep us going, and, and I know that you mean that in a financial way, that they they help pay the bills to, to keep the, the podcast on the internet. But for me, anyway, they also keep us going emotionally and, and yes i just love yes. hearing and interacting hearing from them and interacting with them it, it really makes doing this podcast even more of a joy than, than it already is so i the patreon i the financial bit is great but the just having those those guys support us you know with their comments and stuff like that is huge for me as well no i agree 100 percent. i'm glad that you said that because that's absolutely true absolutely true all right so this time i have my little note to check if the lurkers guide episode page is still down but i've just gotten so disappointed so many times i'm just afraid to go check again i'm just going to leave it alone uh, maybe right. i'll check later but it's i we as you you and i have found ways around that so we have the information that we need although honestly andy i don't know this is going to be a very long episode because i don't have a whole lot of notes about this episode this is one I, that I, I don't either yeah there's not a whole lot we'll see this could be interesting all right, so let's see. This is um, we are up to five oh six, I believe, which yes. is called Learning Curve. Hope I watched the right episode. You did. Uh, do you want to do the pre the the uh, the description or me do it? Uh, no, I can do the description. That's fine. Um, in this episode, a new mob boss tries to take over the the Babylon Five underworld. Uh, at the same time. Um, some Minbari Ranger trainees are visiting Babylon Five. That's it. And I, I think that's it. Well, there's a there's like a C plot with Garibaldi arguing with Lockley. with Lockley again, but that's that's a C plot through most yeah. of the season. Yeah, that's true. Let me just say, by the way, you sound so much better. I'm glad you you seem to be get, <laughs> have gotten you. over I, your I, uh, yes, drop plague. I feel great. Yeah. I, <laughs> it only took you two weeks, not. Not five yeah. years or whatever to get over the drop right. plague. So congratulations on that. Dr. Franklin worked overtime to fix you up for this episode. He so did. He's awesome. Uh, you know I what can't... it was is is I quit hanging out with the Pac Marat at lunchtime. <laughs> <laughs> they fall asleep anyway. <laughs> oh, we got stuff to tell you. We got stuff to talk about there. We're going to get to that. Right. That's Honestly, that's the main thing I want to talk about tonight is the Pac Marat. But anyway. I mean... <laughs> Oh my goodness! I feel like I already know where this one is going, and it hasn't even gone there yet. All right, so um, Nathan Anderson as Rastin. We got a lot of uh, Minbari names this time. Turhan Bay, yep. you know that name. We'll get to him in just a second as Turval. Yep. Brendan Ford as Tanier, and Trevor Goddard as Trace, and Brian McDermott as Durhan. Now so, that city Trace. in North Carolina. The guy that plays Trace? Yes. Uh, the following year after this played Kano in the Mortal Kombat movie, which is one of my favorite movies. Oh, wow. It's, it's a totally cheesy video game kung mm -hmm. fu movie, but I absolutely loved it. And he plays Kano, the, one of the bad guys in there. I can see that. I can, yeah. and I he can did imagine a good job. that. He, yeah. he did a good job in the show, too. I mean, as, you know, as far as Doug's... Babylon Five thugs go. He was. I'm gonna say. All right, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> this is a. This is not just a low bar. This bar is subterranean. 
<laughs> this bar is underneath down below, if you know what I'm right. saying here. This bar is outside the station. It's so low. So, yes, he was not the worst JMS thug. But you and I have long established on this program that we do not care for the JMS thug of the week. Right. Uh, he is my second favorite Okay. Uh, Babylon 5 gangster. After Nagrath, I'm gonna say you can't put him ahead of Nagrath. I'll come yeah. to, I'll come over to where you are and slap you in the face if you put him ahead of our beloved Nagrath. And we the, love the that big that he, bug. The fact that he comes in second after an animatronic puppet <laughs> speaks, speaks to the quality of Babylon Five thugs. <laughs> now, look, I, I know what you're saying, but to call to to dismiss Nagrath with the words animatronic puppet is such a disservice to the spirit that he, the Godfather spirit that he embodies in his insectoid form. Oh, I I love that. He got a call out in this episode. Yes. Yes. He, he's not forgotten. I was so excited. Yeah. Even though it was the fact that he was assassinated, you know? Yeah. Well, he probably just, Stumbled into some raid that Garibaldi <laughs> left out or something <laughs> by accident, you know. Oh, who's a Bowen Mac found it with a giant can of, of <laughs> bug killer was, and said, it, uh. was, it was a hundred percent Bowen Mac. Yep. Yeah. You have nailed it. Yeah. It was. It was absolutely. He probably had just survived a massive assa- underworld assassination <laughs> attempt with guns, and then he turns yeah. around and Bowen Mac got hit him with a bug bomb. That's exactly what happened. They hit it with black flag. It is now my headcanon that that bug that he pulled out of the the computer in in CNC was one of Negrath's children. Oh. Trying to take over that. Right. Before Negrath went out, he laid eggs all over the station to carry on his legacy. Oh, man. And and one of those little bugs will grow up to become Negrath, too. Maybe in the reboot. I love it. This... Absolutely, he and hangs out with uh, Major Atumbe. There you go. <laughs> he would totally hang out with him. Oh, and if this was Deep Space Nine, <laughs> Nagrath Junior would go off to the Academy and become a member of Earth Force, <laughs> and he'd come back and be there'd be like this awkward episode where he's trying to learn how to be a security guard or a or a Star Fury pilot, and he can't really manipulate the controls with his little pincers, you know. And it's oh man. Oh, I love it. God, you know, Andy. This is we're 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 currently writing a better episode than the one we watched. <laughs> I hate to say it, man, but facts is facts. Uh, yes, I'd rather watch the one that we just talked about <laughs> than the one we watched. Oh my goodness! All right, well that was fun. We need to write all this down. Produ- right. Somebody call JMS. Now we'll just get sued. No, this was right. pr- production number five hundred six. Uh, original air date, February 18th, 1998. And by the way, from our demeanor, the listeners can tell that we are well into season five now. We would not be right. doing this in season three or four. New, no, new. No. No. February 18th, 1998. Written by JMS, directed by David Eagle. Season yep. five keeps coming hard with the great directors, man. I, I kind of was expecting it to be like the cheapest dude they could get off the street, you know, to save money. But JMS keeps bringing in his all-star director crew from the from the previous seasons. Right. He's trying to salvage the episodes, I guess. They're, I guess. All right, here goes. Everybody's. Fa- in fact, we should hit the uh, hit the theme music. The. <laughs> 
It's the P5 rating. It's everybody's favorite segment of the show where Andy except, tries. Except for mine. Except for Andy. <laughs> where he tries to guess what the P5 rating is. And again, for our, for our first time listeners or those that don't remember, when the show originally aired, the Lurker's Guide website polled hundreds and hundreds of viewers and asked them on a scale of 0 to 10 how they rate the episode. And it's somewhere between 0.00 and 10.00 to the second decimal place, oddly enough, which I'm not quite sure how that works out, but okay. And um, Andy is remarkably skilled at guessing. You've almost like, to the second decimal place, you've almost nailed it a few times. And you're (laughs) never far away. You're never far away. Because you have your little would, algorithm, your formula, and it always right. it all it almost never steers you wrong. Right. That's that's called pulling it out of my rear end. <laughs> <laughs> well, whatever whatever orifice you need to, that's fine. Uh, you know, I, I'll I, I want to tell you a little secret about my process for determining this number. Okay. I forget about this segment every single time until you bring it up on air, and then I have to pull something out of my. But and it works. Talk. <laughs> you don't overthink it. See, you're not overthinking right, there you it. Go. <laughs> no, I guarantee you that's it. Because if you stopped and overthought it, you'd start thinking, well, but there's this, well, right. but there's that, and you drift away. But because right. you have to do it quick on the fly, you nail it. So, because you usually put down a, the thing that you think, and then you add a little bit to it because it was new. Right, right. So, new what and do you th- and I. Uh, I don't understand how people have been appreciating season five. It it, it it just has thrown my algorithm right out the window. I I, I don't I don't get it. Hey, but. when when season five was first airing, I was defending it to people that were attacking it. I remember that clearly to this okay. day. I remember friends of mine saying, "This is terrible. They should just not come even back if they're going to do this." And I was like, "No, this is really good. This is really good." And I look back now and go. I just kept watching the opening credits over and over, and that's what it was like, you know, that's what I was loving. The rest uh, well, of it was you watch, If you watch the opening credits, they tell a complete entire story, yes. beginning, middle, and end. And so that's the problem. Here they are, right, here they are, the opening credits to season five, which is like the epilogue. So it's, it's, well, it's like, look yeah. at this awesome show you're not seeing right now. Right. <laughs> Here's what you missed. Now, eh, you'll get what you get, you know, so. Yeah. Oh man, our All listeners right. are so tuning I'm, out. I, you know, <laughs> la- last the last one of you from the gallery, I gave a seven point five, and I think that was pretty close, if I remember correctly. Seven point yeah. five was 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 kind of close. I think it was. Um, I I am going to. I had a very similar feeling to this one that 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 I did to to view from the gallery. So I'm going to go with the same thing and just say seven point five. I, I I think. I think I've got my thumb on the pulse of B5 Season 5 fandom. <laughs> and I think 7.5 is, is going to be pretty accurate. You are off by 0.15. <laughs> it gave it a 7.65. You know what? I'm going to start writing. like I, I'm not going to outline anymore. I'm just going to just <laughs> write just basically i'm gonna wake up in the morning and say yeah i'll write a chapter today and see what comes out if it works like this man that's awesome (laughs) that's amazing you keep doing it so all right um well that's because i am i am the babylon 5 everyman fan so (laughs) i i I have a feeling of how everybody feels about it yeah no you've got your pulse on 
1998. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> and it's working real well. All right. So this was a, this was this was an episode. I, well, let me lead off with this, if you don't mind. I have a I have a little statement that I came up with and and jotted down because I felt strongly about this. Okay. I, I feel like that. I feel like here is where JMS went the wrongest, if that's a the most wrong. Okay. Right. He knew that he had several challenges that he was facing with season five. Less money. And the story was basically over, and a lot of the coolest characters were gone. That's bam, bam, bam. That's I mean, you know, we 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 good naturedly with love laugh and tease season five, but it was it started out in the hole. And anything good that we get in season five is honestly better than we might have expected. But I think that JMS should have leaned into the strengths of what he had. It feels like, at least so far, he's trying to manufacture these sort of side stories and make them the A plot. And I wish he should have just leaned into, he should have made this the Londo and Jakar all star extravaganza season. If you've got Peter Jurassic and um, Andreas, Andreas put them in front row and center of every other episode. Right. How do you not use them constantly? The strongest part about Babylon Five was always the the socio political interplay between all the the just just the politics of the the, the mm. galaxy, right? Yeah, I mean that's what that's what drove you know the 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 main war between Earth and Babylon Five, and that's what drove the war between Centaur or Cent- the Centauri and the Narn, and that's what drove the shadow. I mean, it was all politics, and here he had the perfect setup, the perfect opportunity to give us a, a serious political show with a plenty of political drama, just just waiting. I mean, it was ripe. It was like low-hanging fruit. He had mm-hmm. the opportunity to make a great political drama based on everything that had come before with the incredible actors. He had the perfect actors for that. Mm-hmm. You know, he didn't need action actors or anything like that. He had Andreas. He had uh, uh, Peter, you know. Uh, they could he could have made just a phenomenal show of the formation of the the the, the alliance the the galactic or the intergalactic which is, alliance which is what he said he was going to do and he doesn't really right. do it right he goes he he goes off format i mean how many episodes we've had five episodes and he went completely off format for almost all of them i mean mm-hmm. you had you had londo you know the Londo episode long dream sequence. Mm-hmm. You had Bo and Mac. Mm-hmm. You had this one, which, which, I mean, a lot of these episodes focus on characters that we have never seen before and we'll never see again. This was another one, just like last episode. Mm-hmm. These, the, the four Minbari people, you know, that, that focused, that was the focus of this episode. And the gangster, Trace, mm-hmm. we never saw him before. We never saw any of these Minbaris before. No investment. And whatever, whatever, whatever conflict you know, we had with those characters is resolved by the end of the episode and we never see them again. Yeah. So it, it's, it's frustrating that he's, he's not giving us any continuity. He's giving us, Hey, this happens with these people who, you know, are mm. tangential to yeah. what's going on in Babylon five. But it, it, it is frustrating when, when he has phenomenal actors and he has drama waiting to be, to be, you know, to sink our teeth into, and he doesn't give us that. It's frustrating. No, I 100% agree. I, I felt like at least last week with View from the Gallery, even though much of the episode was taken up with these 
new ancillary characters, at least we were sometimes seeing the main characters through their eyes. So right. that to me the to me the best thing about the Bo and Mac show was not their wacky antics as comedians, you know, sci-fi janitors as Dragon Con calls them. It right. was it the, the best thing about them was seeing you know, I mentioned it. It was the Alex Ross effect, seeing our heroes as giants through their eyes as normal people. Right. But but even then, we spent half the episode with Bo and Mac going, get back to what we're here for. We didn't tune into the Bo right. and Mac show. And right. and then this episode, my gosh. Again, you've, you've got so many still around. There's no excuse for making it about these – I mean – I know that season one did some things like this, but season one would 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 leaven that with right build season up. One, right, season one was still establishing the universe and still establishing the the the, the mm-hmm. way that they tell stories. You know, it was still building the Bible, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so. now now we have all that information. We have a, a well realized setting, and we have a Bible. We have the great characters, and we know all their relationships. And then he gives us, you know. Minbari training sessions and stuff like that. So it's you know, and I also feel like I I was happy and I appreciated making Sheridan the president of the galaxy or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I feel like when they did when he did that when JMS did that he doesn't know what to do with him now. Right. He's on and Babylon that, Five, but he's the president. That, you can't have him out like with a gun patrolling the halls like he or Sinclair would have done. You know. Right. And that astounds me because he is a he is a student of history. You know he knows mm-hmm. his history. All you have to do is look back at the formation of of you know the United States. There was so much drama and so much conflict and so much you know so much going on between just the members of of the Congress and and the 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 the, the, the people writing the the Constitution. There was a lot of freaking drama there. I mean there was you know armed conflict and stuff like that while while yeah. the the Union was being formed and solidified and. He could have looked at that for inspiration and come up with some really, really cool stuff. It this could have been the West Wing in space. Yes, yes, I I think we've said that before. This absolutely could have been. I mean, mm-hmm. just because the the Interstellar Alliance is so new and that we never even saw them write the Constitution. Mm-hmm. I mean, there is so much that could have been you know done about how, what is the goal of this Interstellar Alliance? What are the boundaries? What can the president do? What can the president not do? Mm-hmm. You know what 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 is what is our mandate? I mean, all that stuff could have been really really cool, especially when you have still you know Shadow and Vorlon uh, allies out there causing trouble. You know, it, it it really could have been a lot of a lot of really highbrow drama. The and and again, Londo and Jakar are right there. Use them, and right. we've and we've already discovered, I think, twice now that Lockley and Garibaldi. For all that's kind of annoying to see them bicker and bicker and bicker, at least they have some chemistry and some sparks, some conflict. They, they do, and and that was some. That was the best parts of this episode were the parts where they did carry on stuff that they've introduced before and we will revisit mm-hmm. like the conflict between Garibaldi and Lockley and then the kind of the mystery between Delenn and Lockley and Sheridan you know what's going on with that you know they addressed mm-hmm. that a little bit those were the best parts of this episode and you know I noticed that Lockley as much as as fans don't like Lockley because she's basically not Susan right and and I was I was one of those I I 
until this rewatch, totally dismissed Lockley as a character. I think Tracy Scoggins is doing a fantastic job with her. I, I, just a bang-up job with her. She is a real, you know, fully developed and and, and rounded three-dimensional character. And I, I, I think she's a great character. I don't think anybody could rightfully blame Tracy Scoggins for any problems with Lockley. There may be There may be Lockley problems, but they're not the actress problem. Right, right. I agree. I think she does a, a fantastic job with her. God bless her. I know. I, I appreciate her and like her more, uh, certainly now than I ever did before, right. knowing knowing about her and what she said and everything. She's really, she's way cooler than I thought, and that's good. Yeah. And shame on me for not. Um, so... I I have my other note here at the very beginning. I just had some general thoughts, and and part of it was why we're we not getting, why we're we not leaning on Londo and Jakar to carry this. Is I just noted it's not that this episode was so much actively bad to me as just relentlessly. Yeah. <laughs> yes. It, there was. It, it really was. It it wasn't terrible. It no. wasn't like like the Mutai, but it it was. Yeah. Yeah, no. Matt is a Matt is a perfect word for it. It, would it, like, it, it never punched you in the face and slapped you. Right. It, it just kind of sat there sucking quietly. <laughs> and and in fact, I even I I hesitate to say this, especially up front. I fell asleep trying <laughs> to get to the end of this episode six times. Oh my god! <laughs> I would wake up when the op- when the closing credit music starts blaring out. And I'd wake up and be like, dang it. And I'd rewind and I'd start that scene with Sheridan and Delin in bed or whatever. Yeah. And I would just drop right off. And then and I'd wake up again. And I did that six times in a row. And finally I had to get up and walk around, clear my head, and then I made it through it. And I'll I have a confession of my own to make. I don't remember one single thing about this episode. At all before I rewatched it. Wow, it was like a brand new episode of B Five for you. It was. It was. I I know I watched it because I I remember I watched every episode of of season five when it first aired. But there wasn't a single thing that that said, "Oh yeah, I I do remember." Because usually, you know, we'll rewatch an episode we haven't watched in a while, and it's like I don't know what that title means. I don't know who these characters are. And then five minutes of the show, it's like, okay, this is the one where this happens, this happens, this happens. I had no clue what was going to happen in this episode. I remembered something about Minbari Rangers, but that was all. And yeah. that was pretty much it. <laughs> I, I didn't remember Trace, although I'll go ahead and say it now since I mentioned it. There's a handful of names that JMS just uses over and over and over for whatever reason. And Trace is a name he uses a lot because this is a bad guy and he's called Trace. Yeah. And then... There's a there's a there's a supporting character in Crusade named Trace, like a pilot uh-huh. or something. Right. Just like Max pops up a lot. Yeah. And wasn't Trace one of Garibaldi's exes or something like that? Or I forget. I don't know. But I remember it, Garibaldi calling somebody Trace. But yeah. There's there's a whole yeah, there's just a whole bunch of names. There's this hand there's a handful of names he uses a whole bunch of times, I'm trying to say. You know what's funny? One of the, the, the two Minbari guys, I forget which one, I don't know if it was t- Tanir or the other guy. Same thing. One, yeah, one of them. Sh- one of them showed up in the Legends of the Rangers as a oh, an entirely God. different character. Sweet God. 
one of the actors showed up. And yeah, could you imagine that being on your resume? <laughs> yeah, I was in season five of Babylon Five, and I was in, and in uh, Legend of the Rangers. Of the Rangers. At that point, wow. you, yeah. at that point, you do like uh, you do like that guy that played the the, Min, the Minbari tough guy. Um, we know, I can't remember his name now. Robin Sachs. Yeah. Remember, I said he just doesn't even have it on his resume. <laughs> Up your resume, right? Doesn't even have it on his resume. I'm like, dang. Babylon I've never seen it. <laughs> I, I think, yeah. I, there's two things this reminds me of. One, I think this episode has the shortest Lurker's Guide page of any episode of the series. <laughs> there's just nothing to say. There's the, when I when I get to the quoting JMS thing, it's like it was literally one entry. You you know. Remember, remember when I did the notes for, uh, was it Zaha Doom or Into the Fire uh, or Severed Dreams? Had or one whole episode where it was just you going over JMS Speaks that you could fit into the previous episode. 30 pages, single spaced. Right, right. I remember There's that. There's literally one bullet point on this page for JMS. One. Uh, it's, it's not a memorable episode. Not, like you said, I, it's, it's very, it's aggressively meh. I think, yeah, I think we know why the Pac Mariah Ranger fell asleep. He was watching his own episode. <laughs> it was the actor who fell asleep. They just wrote yeah, in dialogue. They just wrote it in. <laughs> and, and again, made it the most memorable thing. It's like the Zack and Lita scene in Third Space. They added it in at the end, and it became the most memorable thing in the episode. Right. When the Pac Mariah falling asleep is the most memorable thing in the episode, you know you may have a problem. You may have a problem there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let me run through a few never, things I do never have. Never a good sign. Never All a right, good go sign. Never got a dinner. Um, the lead ranger calls Delin Intel Zah. I don't think we've heard that before. The only no. the only time we've heard Intel Zah was Valen. Right. I think right. that's Minbari for the one. All right, here here's my theory, and I've I've argued with some of the experts on the Facebook page and whatever you know the Balan Five, but I've always said Anlashak Nah is Ranger 1. Okay. Intil Za is the one. Okay. And they're like, well, we don't know that for sure, and JMS has never... Uh, it's this, The evidence is pretty clear. The one is like the, 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 the supreme, like, heaven-sent leader. It was Valen, it's Delenn, it's Sheridan, right? Sinclair. You are the one that was. You are the one that is. You are the one that will be, right? So right. I think Intil Za is the one... Like we live for the one, we die for the one, and 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 on the shock, nah, is just range, just the reg, the regular Ranger One, like when Susan became, you know, or whatever, Ranger One. Okay, so Satai Nerun says to Sinclair, "You may assume the title and function as Ranger One, but not the designation of Intel Zah until you can prove yourself worthy of that title." And then it says Intel Zah was the title originally held by Valen when he formed the On La Shock. Right, so Anlashak Na is like the leader, the current Ranger One. Right. But not the, like the exalted Ranger One or whatever. Right. The exact meaning of Intel Zah is unknown, but is believed to have been derived from Vorlon. Subsequent mm. leaders of the Anlashak after Valen took on the title of Anlashak Na, Ranger One. Mm -hmm. This was to honor the memory of Valen. This tradition continued for 900 years until Jenimer requested that Jeffrey Sinclair take on the title and, re and reunite Intel Zah with Anlashak Na. After Sinclair left with Babylon 4 and traveled into the past to become Valen, Rathen convinced Delenn to become the new Intel Zah uh -huh. over the objections of 
Elite Nerun. She held the title for almost 20 Earth years, seeing the Rangers through to the end of the Second Shadow War and transforming them into a force for peace for the Interstellar Alliance. So that is what happened. Is, does Sheridan become Intelza when he's Ranger 1? I wonder. Where, where are you getting that from? This is from the Babylon Project. I just typed in Babylon 5 Intel's on. This is the first thing that popped up. Okay. I'll look it up in the encyclopedia I have upstairs at some point, too. Yeah. Okay, wait a minute. Here we go. Delenn stood down as Intel's on when she was elected elected as the new ISA president with her husband. We knew that. Uh, President John Sheridan becoming the Intel's on in her place. There it is. John Sheridan does become Intel's on. You're right. Yeah. The one that will be. After Sheridan disappeared at Coriana 6. In 2281, he was the last Intel Zah. Yep. The one Though that General Susan Ivanova became the new Anlashakna. Right. But not Intel yeah. Zah. Not Intel Zah, right. I can see Susan saying, no, 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 I'm not going to do that. That's, that's right, theirs. Right. They were special. And I'm. it's kind of like Frodo and Gandalf going off to the west and Sam not. Right. You know what I mean? They'd like, there's, yeah. the, there's that, and then there's not right. quite, you know. You're the right. leader, but you're not the exact. Yeah. Okay, so I wasn't I wasn't far off. I mean, I don't know if it literally no, means weren't. the one, but that's the but that's effectively that's what right. that's what Zathras says it means. And who's gonna? <laughs> I'm not gonna argue with Zathras. Who's gonna argue with Zathras? Because you can't win an argument with Zathras. Because no, <laughs> you not argue with Zathras. You it's argue like with Zathras. It's like arguing with a toddler. You, I mean, it's just like whatever. <laughs> Zathras never argue with Zathras. <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, did you immediately recognize Turhan Bay? Uh, you know, I, I thought he looked familiar, as in an actor that was on there before, but I wasn't sure. I, I thought maybe he was. I thought maybe that character, that that Minbari character, had showed up at some point in time before. That's uh. so. I did not. I did not put him together with being the the uh, Centauri Emperor. No. I had two thoughts in rapid succession. One, holy crap, it's Turhan Bay. And two, not only are Minbari souls going to human bodies, Centauri souls are going to Minbari bodies. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> there it is. It's the whole say? triangle, man. It From is. It's, it's like the Iron <laughs> Triangle Trade. So it's like there's Minbari souls, Centauri souls, right. and like sugarcane. Right. <laughs> it's the Triangle Trade. That's what the, the Narn are sending is sugarcane. Oh, good golly. Yep. Yeah. That's it. No, I, you know, I, I didn't recognize him because he didn't have – I don't know if he was thinner as the Centauri – uh, emperor, or did he have a mustache as the Centauri Emperor? Yeah, and yeah. and he was bald. He didn't have a bone crest. You may have noticed, <laughs> right? Yeah, well, yeah, that would be awkward. He he did look different yeah. a little bit. Yeah, he did. And you know, this was his his last acting role ever. Was it? Yeah, he retired from acting after this. Oh wow! Yeah, a lot of them have played Minbari that have played other characters, like Byron played a Minbari. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Centauri Emperor played him in Bari. Um, um, Nerun is also a human. Yeah, in, Mila Furlan played uh, Mila Furlan. Yeah. But but the guy that plays Nerun also played Mister Wells in Crusade, which which was not a Minbari. Right. So right. Um, there's yeah, there's there's been others. I I don't think Robin Sachs ever 
played a non-Minbari, and if he did, he certainly didn't put it on his resume. So I don't know. <laughs> right. there's, no, there's no way of knowing because he won't tell. That's right. All right, Andy, we have a serious conversation here because I got a bone to pick with this episode. I do actually okay. have something to say about it more than I thought. I forgot about this. All right. All right. Let me give you my reaction and you react to it. All right. I want to be totally and completely clear here. In her conversation with Garibaldi, Lockley is full of crap. She, wow. She talks about not wanting to tear up the Constitution that she took an oath to protect. Well, by blindly following the orders of President Clark and that chain of command, she is violating the Constitution because Clark wasn't following it. So you're following somebody that's violating it. That means you're violating it, too. If she had stuck with the principles of the Constitution and stood up against Clark, she would have been protecting the Constitution against Clark, who tore it up and peed on it and threw it away. So let's be clear. President Clark is the one that tore up the Constitution, Lockley, and discarded the chain of command. Just following his orders, just saying, I was just following orders, that doesn't equal standing up for the law and the Constitution. That's the excuse that Hitler's officers use. Used. I I have two responses to that. First, she even said later in that conversation that all she was interested in was protecting the people that served under her and making sure they got out alive. So she was very tunnel vision. She says she was following the Constitution because she was following the chain of command only to the point where she was following her direct orders from her direct superior. Right. That's all she was concerned about. She was doing her job. What she thought was her duty was to follow the orders of her direct superior. She wasn't questioning where those orders were coming from. She wasn't questioning whether or not Clark was following the Constitution. She just knew that Clark was the commander-in-chief, and his orders were to be followed. So I agree. I agree with you. I can also see where she's coming from where, hey— I'm just doing what I'm what I can to keep my people alive. When when I shoved those people in the gas chamber, I was just following orders. I was just right. doing what the person ahead of me told me to do. Those were war crimes though, whereas what she was and she, we don't know if she was part of the, the the crowd that was firing on innocent civilians. You know, we don't know right. what she actually did in the war. We don't know That's if she correct. actually we don't know if she, you know, fired on other Earth Force ships that had switched sides. We don't know. We don't, so, but we know that she was not doing anything to correct the situation, which to me is equating to giving aid and comfort to the enemy. Right. If you see the situation as something that needs to be corrected, she may not. <laughs> yeah. She may not have liked. She may not have liked President Clark, but he was still the duly quote unquote duly elected president of the earth <laughs> duly assassinated president well, of the earth but 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 she didn't i mean that was never proven you know that was all speculation by this this babylon 5 crew that was influenced by aliens so she didn't <clears throat> know that he assassinated the president she knew that he was the vice president duly elected vice president when the president was assassinated and therefore he according to the constitution became the president so she didn't know he was messing around with shadow technology. She had no clue he was messing around with the uh, the Psycor or anything like that. That's all we, the people watching the show, know he was doing all that stuff, right? Not necessarily the people in Earth Force that were serving down the line. She wasn't even a commander of a ship. She was probably an XO or something like that. So she she lived her own in her own world, 
and she only saw what what uh, President Clark, the propaganda President Clark was giving everybody. So she may not have liked President Clark. She may not have agreed with all of his policies against you know the colonies or against the aliens. But as far as she knew, he was following the Constitution, and he was not a criminal that assassinated anybody. You know, she that oh, you're looking God. at it from you're looking at it from from the viewer's perspective, and not necessarily from somebody living on Earth. I I understand what you're saying, but I feel like the word was out there that they that it, she she should have known. It sh- the, the there might have been rumors, and but can you? She, she can was you, watching ISN. Right? Can you justify? <laughs> she was watching breaking, the wrong. She was watching the wrong cable news channel. <laughs> can I mean? Could she really justify, you know, breaking her duty with Earth Force based on rumors? I don't know. A whole lot of them did. A whole lot of them did. She uh, and she doesn't agree with them. She she and, thinks that they did wrong. And I think she did wrong, and I don't agree with her. Right. I I, I I'm on your side, lots. but again, we we have the we have the the big picture that she did. <sighs> no, I I I get your point. I do, but I Here, I just here's. I don't think Here's it's as for limited as you say, but okay. If Lockley had been the EXO on Babylon 5 at the end of Season 2 when they broke from Earth Force... Middle of Season what 3. What do you think? Middle of Season 3, right. After, after, right. Middle of Season 3, when they broke from Earth Force, how do you think she would have reacted? I don't... I, I don't... I honestly... And that's what's cool about this character. I can't say yeah. one way or the other which direction she would have gone there. If no, she were a, in that position, if she could see... Mm-hmm. All the stuff that was going on. How would she have reacted? Yeah, the evidence. She'd have had a more. Yeah, she would have had more evidence than she had out wherever she was. That's fair, and it is a great question, and we don't know the answer, and that makes a great question. I tell you right now, this would make a great Dragon Con panel. (laughs) Have a good time, (laughs) man. Get two or three more folks up there that would be that be big on this, and we could have a heck of a conversation. It would be one of them's got to be Tracy Scoggins because she was into that character. Oh, oh wouldn't man. that be a, wouldn't that be amazing? Oh, give me a panel where I enter where I'm where I'm uh, MC for Tracy Scoggins and she'll she'll stomp out after 25 minutes and refuse <laughs> to finish the panel. Oh, I put her, awesome I'll put her, I'll put her on war crimes trial right there in front of the audience. <laughs> you, I'll, Captain Lockley, I'll, you. you I'll knew. be the Don Adams and stand up and defend her. <laughs> <laughs> you knew all along. You knew what they were doing. Well. Um, we did have stuff to talk about. That's cool. Yeah. Um, I, I did note. I have a note. It was smarter than to put Lockley and Garibaldi together in the same scene. They need to do that more often. Yeah. Um, I didn't really need another down below crime boss, but I was glad to see Zach getting to do some crime busting. Yeah. Up I mean, until, Zach hadn't really gotten until, to do a lot of that stuff. Right. Up until the the uh, uh, the vigilantes came in and, ah, and ruined over. everything. Ruined everything. Right. Good lord! I was so excited. McGrath got name checked. That was so yeah, good. That was um, cool. Have we heard the language called interlac before? I. You know what? I that hit me too. I was like, mm-hmm. wait a minute. What interlac. is interlac? Is that is that the intergalactic base? I've heard that name before. I'm not sure I've heard it on Babylon Five. Right. Same here. Huh. So yeah, that, that that was new to me. I I, I could be wrong. Oh, that's another. You know what? I've got that big old Babylon Five encyclopedia sitting on my bookshelf, and I never mm-hmm. open the damn thing. So mm-hmm. I, I I need to to yeah, look that up on there and see if when when the first mention of Interlac was. When was the first? Me- and I'd love to hear from our from our uh, patrons who have comments yes, about this kind please. of thing. Um, Marcus got a name check too. 
and a little conversation. Yes, that was pretty cool. Yep. I wasn't expecting that. Because cool. usually right. when, when characters leave this show, you never hear from them again. Right. And never hear tell of them again, as they say. But we did. Right. Right. Um, let's see. We talked about Lockley. Sheridan and Lockley appear to have a relationship in the past. Well, we know what it is. We'll save that for the spoiler space. Yeah. Um, lots of different alien races are now part of the Rangers, and we've seen the Pac Marah who get the who get a, a chance to do something. Um, we see two of Byron's telepaths, but we don't have a Byron sighting. Right. This is true. This which episode, was, which is my favorite type of Byron sighting, <laughs> <laughs> is not one. Yeah. Lanier is not also on the episode, but gets in. This, this is the episode where a lot of characters get mentioned and talked about, but we don't right. actually see a lot of them. They they bring, like I mentioned earlier, they bring a lot of continuity into this episode, so mm-hmm. it made it feel more like a Babylon 5 episode. Yeah, and I think it's pretty clear Lanier's trying to impress Delenn, and he's just going to get himself yeah. hurt or something. Right. Um, oh, there was pointed out, I saw a note pointed out, that Trace gets, like, math wrong, he says the security went up two levels or down one, and so that means there's three levels empty. And they're like, if you go up two and down one, that leaves two levels empty. Well, no. If you go, what, what is it, up three and down up one? Up three. Up three means they're on the third level, so you freed up two. And then they go down one. Oh, I thought it meant that they cleared out the 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 three levels above us and the one below us. So that would be five levels. Oh, okay. See, there's just, I think that's the answer then is that there's just right. different ways of interpreting it. So I'm not going to worry about yeah. it. Yeah. Cl- clumsy wording. Uh, yes. Unanswered questions. Did Lockley disobey any of Clark's orders during the war as Garibaldi tried to discover? We don't know. Did Garibaldi read Lockley's file? We don't know. He was left sitting there, but we don't know yet. Do we even know that that file was actually even up on screen? Cause he asked and Zach right. said, no. Yeah. We, we don't know. I love that. Yeah. That Zach was always at Garibaldi's mercy until Zach took over security, and now it's pretty much ever since then it's been Zach having to tell Garibaldi no. And right? yeah, and you notice that he's no longer calling him chief; he's calling him Michael. Yeah, yeah, yeah he him Michael in this episode a couple of times. Well, Garibaldi ought to be calling him chief, right? Exactly. Yeah, um, I still don't trust Garibaldi. Um, <laughs> <laughs> And uh, Lockley said Garibaldi was the second man she'd met who was as stubborn as she was. Who was the first? Spoiler space. I think we know who it was. Yeah. And here is the only JMS speaks for this episode. Somebody said to JMS, Lockley would never get away with chewing out a superior like she did Garibaldi. And basically, JMS's answer is he's not really her superior officer. He's in a parallel but separate branch. And he's so they're kind of... Huh? He's not her superior at all. There is no chain of command between him and her. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, and he's basically, JMS says that this does happen. And he said, and, and as an example of how you can have separate chains of command, he says, uh, you're talking to the only producer to go out and berate Angela Lansbury's son, who is then directing an episode of Murder, She Wrote, in front of his whole crew and still remain employed afterward. See, I- it would a better analogy would be a cabinet member gets in an argument with a a member of the joint chiefs of staff. Yeah, uh, they, there is no chain of command between the two of them. They both report up to the president, but mm. neither one of them interacts yeah. with each other at all. That's true. Um, we don't have a Byron annoying meter this episode because there was no Byron this episode. Yeah. I couldn't believe there was no Lando and Jakar though. That 
blew my mind that, that we're that, when you have actors of that caliber and, and they need to be you have episode. nothing else to go with man you lean into that that they that need to be every episode yeah. yeah um all right let's get into the categories then we got to do this what was the high point oh lord help us <laughs> you're gonna laugh at this but i have Pac Marah get some love. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. That is my answer. The Pac Marah <laughs> Ranger was the high point. The high point of this episode. And, and not for the comedy level, uh, kind of for the comedy, but also comedy, kind of, kind of. Yeah. I thought it was really cool that they found a way to make the Pac Marah legitimately useful to the Rangers. Th- that's and, exactly and, what I have, Andy. Is that they yeah. figured Delenn figured out how to use them to right. best effect? Yes, right. It was, and it wasn't just a you know a a an after school program morale teaching. It was, hey, these dudes are everywhere and nobody likes them, so everybody tries to actively ignore them. That is the perfect spy, which is true. She was spot on. I thought that was a just. A brilliant way to to utilize to play to the Pakmara's strengths. Fighting isn't going to be their strong suit, you know. Figuring ways out of of dangerous situations certainly isn't going to be their strong suit. But you know, short of having a a ranger choir, this is the best way to use them. Yeah, no, absolutely. That was exactly what I had. That's it. Um, and again, if the Pakmara ranger is the high point of the episode, I don't. <laughs> know what that i do know what that says and it doesn't say anything good well then i i shudder to ask i hesitate to ask what was the low point in this episode the low point for me and i i i didn't want to go down the the, the road of, of of criticizing so i said the the low point for me was an emotional low point and it was that last scene with john and the Lynn. i thought that was because their their love story is is one of the strong points of the entire series and to see them Mm. in bed back to back not talking to each mm. other or you know giving each other the cold shoulder mm-hmm. that that was kind of that was hard to see well delin summed it up with that line like i didn't know when to tell you and she says like within 10 seconds right when, and we within still 10 don't... seconds after making that decision yeah. and tell me we still because i kept falling asleep we still don't they didn't say right what it was they did they, not no they did not we they don't know what they're mad about yeah. okay we know we know now, but right. we, didn't we didn't know, know then. That. All right. right, my low point episode. I, I was kind of being facetious, but I put down my low point of the episode was the A plot and the B plot. Yeah, that's. Other than that, it was a great episode. <laughs> Other than that, yeah, the C plot was great. Uh, no, I said both. There were parts of both plots that were okay. Just neither was very right. exciting, and it almost made me miss Byron. Oh wow. Yeah, that's crazy. The a plot with the with the the uh, uh, Minbari that came across as a preachy after school special. Yeah, this is how you deal with bullies, kids. Oh my gosh! On a very special episode of Babylon Five, just punch them in the nose and then go tell your your principal, and everything will be taken care of. And if you bleed to death on the way, hey, at least you stood up to the bully, man. Right. So yeah, that's that seemed a little pre because when. This was based on one line from from Marcus. Yeah, I think back in season three, when when he's talking about the you know the use of terror, mm-hmm. there was a whole thing, and what he went through was so horrible, so terrifying that he wouldn't even talk about it with with Franklin. And then they show it here, and it's it's a 
jumping out of the dark. Ground, a school ground fight. You know, it wasn't that big of a deal. So that's that's a problem JMS has from time to time. Is that sometimes his reach exceeds his grasp? You know, he comes right. up with these ideas that sound good on paper, but when right. you actually try to depict it on television in 1998 yeah. or whatever, it just you can't. You know what I mean? You can. Right. You know, it's like George Lucas said, you can write a scene where Yoda fights with a lightsaber against a dude, but then you have to actually film it and you got to figure out how to do that because, right. and they did, but I'm just saying they had a lot more money though. You know what I mean? Right. Um, you can and write that they used, the Rangers used terror on the thugs and it sounds cool. You actually right. try to film that for 20 bucks in the in the hot tub factory. It starts getting a little, yeah. It, it's, it's like to use a comic book analogy it's like the, the wolverine factor wolverine was super cool when we didn't know anything about him we just had little tidbits you know he would just throw out this random stuff every once in a while or we would find an interesting little mm-hmm. you know side comment about how wolverine's past but we still never knew any we didn't know his origin we didn't know any of his history we didn't know any of that stuff but once they started codifying his origin and his history and his relationships with his family. Once we learned all about Wolverine, he wasn't cool anymore. It was just, eh, it's just Wolverine. So now we, you know, finding out bits and pieces of the Ranger training over the the past three seasons has been, the Rangers are really cool. You know, that, you know, they do this mysterious thing with terror and, you know, so like almost like a terrorist organization and they're all super good fighters and they're, you know, they, they have this almost mystical ability to meditate and, and to work through their problems. And then when they show the training in this episode, you know, they're sitting on light boxes and giggling and laughing at each other. And then, you know, this, the, it's a, like I said, it's a school, schoolyard fight with a bully. You know, it, it's not nearly as cool as it is when we didn't see that stuff, when we just, you Use imagine our imagination. It. Absolutely. Yeah. No, absolutely right. Well, and, you know, it's funny because you say that. I said the most Babylon 5 scene for me was the Rangers fighting with Pikes, just because that's a very Babylon 5 thing. Right. I didn't say it worked great, but it was a very Babylon 5 thing. What did you right. say was the most Babylon 5? My, my most Babylon 5 thing was Thugs and Down Below. Because, my uh, golly, we have a bunch of guys you yes. know, throughout – the five seasons, a bunch of guys are stepping up to, to be the, the thugs, you know, in charge, the big the big boss man in charge down there, and every every time they, they end up losing. So I think this is like thug number five. Did 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 this Trace guy seriously believe he could murder people? Right. Murder like not just lurkers, but murder officials of the station. And the response from the station administration would be, oh, we better not mess with those people. Well, and the way he explained, he he was dead wrong in his logic. His logic was severely faulty. But the way he explained it, he was from a small outpost, not even yeah. a colony, but a small yeah. outpost yeah. where, yeah, that's how it was like a Wild West thing. You know, the first sheriff comes to town, tries to lay down the law and the, mm, the evil cattle baron kills him. Yep. And then they send another guy out. You kill him, too. By the time they send the third guy out, he's like, hey, I don't want to get shot, whatever. Mm-hmm. So I can understand him forming that idea where he was on in that, that remote outpost, but then bringing it to the seat of the presidential power of the Interstellar Alliance and trying to pull that BS there. Yeah, that's not going to work. No, no. That's, I mean, They're when just going to send a security the, team down yeah. and arrest everybody. Right. 
or send the Shoot security em. team down and then remove the security team down and send a bunch of vigilantes in to beat them up. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That worked out real well. Hey. Yeah. All right. What was your favorite character moment? Man, I struggled with these. My favorite character moment was that scene we talked about with uh, Breakfast with uh, Zach and mm. Lockley and Garibaldi. I thought the, yeah. the sparks between Garibaldi and, and Lockley were genuine and cool, and it was an intriguing discussion, just like the discussion we had about it. Yeah. It was an interesting discussion on both sides, had, had points, and I thought uh, on the flip side, Zach's interaction with the two of them the entire time was hilarious. It was. But I had a problem with that scene, which was that she just wanted to eat, and right. she was trying to find a place to sit down and eat. God bless her. Uh-huh. And Garibaldi's like, oh, no, we're not, you know, come sit over here with right. us. It's fine. Yeah. It's great. And no sooner does she sit down than he starts jumping on her butt. Oh, absolutely. And she doesn't even get to eat. She just leaves her yeah. tray sitting there full of food and gets up and leaves. Yeah. And I'm just like, I mean, I'm not saying Garibaldi, you know, in fact, I'm on Garibaldi's side of the argument in this. But my gosh, man, surely by now he knows better than to to treat anybody like that other than Bester. He can treat Bester that way. But He was intentionally being a jerk to her. He does not like yes. her. No. He was, trying to, he was trying to push her buttons. I think he was satisfied with the outcome of she that. She should have said, well, at least I never kidnapped Sheridan and handed him over to the torturers. <laughs> Who did that again? Remind me. Who did that? Yeah, he he is not standing on high ground in this in this mm-hmm. argument. I mean, mm-hmm. His, his house is, is brittle, brittle glass brittle. that he's throwing his stones from. I had my favorite character moment was when Delenn and Lockley had their scene together. Because they don't have that many scenes together. Right. And, and they have interesting chemistry because Delenn, for all that Delenn is sweet and kind and, and angelic and everything, Delenn, in a situation like that, does try to come in and Bigfoot you. You know what I mean? Delenn yep. comes in and tries to say, I'm a big shot. Do what I say. I will brook no interference. Don't ask me any questions. I am freaking Delenn, period. And Lockley's arguing with her. Yeah. And, and it's it, that was a very interesting little relationship that developed there, I thought. I agree. I agree. I thought that was a really cool interaction between the two. Of them because Delenn does have that, that iron side to her, that, that mm-hmm. you know, that very hard side. My way or the highway. Right. And, and, and she can turn it on like a light switch. You know, she's all mm-hmm. smiley and happy. And then mm-hmm. boom, you know, boom. I'm, no, yeah. I had not really thought about it before, but that put it in context. Like I say, when I say Delenn likes to Bigfoot you, I mean, she'll come in and say, she doesn't, she doesn't come out and say it, but she'll, she'll make it very understood that she is a very important person and you need to do what she says or else. Right. Right, and she do, she she does the Mimbari that way. She does the humans that way. It's it's been some of her best moments as a character, like when she told Captain what's it, Captain Janet whatever his name was on the right. of the Earth Alliance destroyer Agrippa. Remember in, in Severed Dreams, right. that's the that's one of the greatest moments in the entire series. But that was Delenn Bigfoot in a U.S. Uh, 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 an Earth Force captain. Earth Force, yep. And well, in her defense, she can back it up. She is an oh yeah, person. She yes. Does. She does have the 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 the, the muscle. To oh back no up doubt, that. no she's doubt. Got, she's got she's got the bank account that can cash those checks. <laughs> she can cash those checks, but she's not used to anybody questioning her checking. You know what I mean? Saying, "Let me this see is, your ID." This is true. That's right, it. Right. This is true. All right. This so that true. was interesting. Which which only makes the character more real and more awesome. 
Yes. I and, think. I mean, it, she, she's, she's got that. She's not a perfect person. She's got, she's got that, that arrogance to her. Yes. Well deserved or not, it's still it's still a little bit of hubris. So it's well, it's it's cool. it's neat to see. She said in season four, I believe, never forget who I am or what I can do. Yep. Because JMS yep. felt like she'd been a little too nicey nicey girlfriend and needed to get back to being butt kicking to Lynn. And right. and the the butt that was kicked, I remember the name now is of course Dexter Smith. Yes. Of the Earth Alliance Destroyer Group, but to Babylon Five and Renegade Vessels. <laughs> uh, that was oh, such a, an awesome scene. That's the single greatest moment in the entire series, I would argue. Agreed. Smith, you must see that these are illegal orders. Uh, and then, of course, and then, uh oh. Um, funniest moment. I think I know what mine was. Funniest moment was uh, Truval's uh, meditation training when he was trying to train that poor guy. And it, it wasn't the, the, the um, what do you call it? The, uh, Minbari that ended up getting beat up. It was the other guy, and he says to him, when the guy's struggling to meditate, and he says to him, "You do seem to have the sitting part down to an art, so I suppose <laughs> there is hope." As for thinking, well, let's leave that for the advanced classes. Wow. <laughs> we shouldn't expect too much of you at once. So he was just totally dissing this guy, but in such a a, a grandfatherly way that you wanted to hug him at the same time. Yeah, no, that's true. That's true. That's it was, true. It was pretty funny. I, I, I chuckled. <sighs> My funniest moment was the Pot Mariah Ranger falling asleep. <laughs> I would totally do that. If you stuck me in the room with a bunch of Mimbari and said meditate, I would be out like a light, man. No doubt I, about it. Me know, and the Pot I, Mariah. I went to a Catholic school and we had a chapel in our in our uh, school and we also had religion classes and I remember once my religion teacher taking all of us down to uh, the chapel to meditate and he kicked me in the side because I was snoring during our meditation. I fell asleep and was just snoring out loud. And he, he was walking up and down the, the rows and he kicked me right in the side. And, and you just do the, do the veer line and say, I've become one with my inner self. <laughs> and I probably could have gotten away with that if I hadn't been sawing uh, logs. So, <laughs> all right. I, I think there's only one who won the episode, but I'm curious to hear who you have won the episode. And it wasn't McGrath. I, I'm so I'm afraid to say, right. I'm going to say Tanir won this one because he, he, he kept his name or get whatever that was all about. I, I got my name back or I kept my name or I own, I own my name or the, he, he, whatever. The, he, he the, he's the ranger that went down like barely able to walk and then suddenly was yeah. able to do kung fu on everybody. Right. Yeah. Okay. They, all right. But, I didn't. Yeah. The, the, the Minbari must have a just insane healing abilities. Clearly. Because um, he went from not being able to walk to doing martial arts in the same scene. Right, right, right. He walked from barely could walk from med lab. Barely by could the walk. time he got down to down below, that must have been a heck of a heck of a walk. Maybe it took like two or three days I, to get down there. I don't know, but I must be. You you know what he did? He broke into Stephen's supply of stems. He got the stems. <laughs> he did. He totally. Was he was high as a kite fighting those thugs, man. He was he, feeling. He took the stems, dropped he, them in a Jovian sunspot, just, rolled it up, <laughs> shot it down, and said, "All right, let's go kick some butt." Oh man, Mutai. he was. Yeah, that's it. Oh God, if they could have just found some way to bring in the Mutai this episode, it would have been perfect. Because yeah. they brought in the Grath, they brought in Marcus, they brought in the Pakmara Rangers, they brought so they much had in. A Kano from from Mortal Kombat was oh, in there. I mean, man. The, the Some Mutai way was to do the based Mutai. on Mortal Kombat. Yeah. Uh, it was a martial arts tournament. My goodness, that would have been awesome. This this could have redeemed the whole Mutai. 
It could have. They could have said, well, you know, that first time it appears wasn't that great, but when they brought it back, it was awesome. I don't know. <laughs> I don't so, know, man. That, so, that would take a lot of energy to retroactively make that one awesome. This is true. I, I said there's only one character that won the episode. Who did you say won the episode? Did you say already? I said Tanir, yeah. That, Tanir, that's, that's right. Tanir, yeah, 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 yeah. I said the Pacmara Ranger, boom, it was him. <laughs> this was all his episode. Oh, oh, and speaking of which, I kind of spoiled it. Who lost this episode besides Trace? I have, well, I have Trace because he, yeah. he literally lost. You know who lost this episode, Andy? Who's that? Pour, pour one out for the dear departed Nagrath. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's it. We, we, we did find out his final fate. I mean, it's been confirmed that he was taken out in a gang war. So. You, you great big bug. We barely knew you. And now you're gone. Yeah. We won't have Nagrath to kick around anymore because. <laughs> oh, it's not working. Soundboard's broken. Oh, well. I know where you're sitting up there, man. I, yeah. I wish you could have followed through with it, but. The I don't know what's wrong with the soundboard. I'm going to close it out and reopen it. But anyway, all right. This, this is. I'm really curious to hear. Um, uh, oh, well, what I, I got. I, re, I restarted. I was going to say, we don't have. We don't have Nagrath to kick around anymore because. Scott Wilson! <laughs> Yeah, um, God wills it. God wills it. Which I usually follow with. Not for why you can't, the monkey boy. That's it. <laughs> All right. So, who? Uh, what is your rating? That's what we have left to say. Is is the rating? I, and this could be interesting. I I this was an easy one to rate for me because it was just so vigorously meh. I you know, know, I'm curious to a, see how far I, down you're willing to go. Yeah, I had it, it wasn't terrible. It wasn't great. Mm. It was a 2.5. It was smack dab in the middle. It was not it was not memorable. It, it, it didn't suck. And there was nothing about it that was cool. It was just meh. So I gave it a 2.5 right there right. in the middle. I gave it 0.5 for the Garibaldi Lockley scene. And then I took a 0.5 away because of Lockley attitude in that scene <laughs> i gave it two for mentioning the graph and i gave it a point five for the pakmara ranger then i took a point away for all the other stuff that was so meh and i ended up with a 1.5 wow that's hurtful that may be the lowest i've ever given and I would have not have predicted be. that. I would never have predicted that this episode would get my right. lowest rating. Because you would figure an episode that bad would at least be memorable. Yes. Yes. You would remember it as Th like, oh, what a terrible episode that was. But you didn't even remember the, th what happened in the episode. Andy, honest to God, I fell asleep six times on this episode. <laughs> that, I'm that not was, sure I remember yeah. it now. <laughs> I just watched it two days ago, and I'm not sure I remember it now. I'm not yeah. sure I actually ever really finished it. I think I got through the ending by the hardest, but I was a zombie trying to get through it. I, it, know, just, it just, I, it just, it actively attacked my brain cells and tried to hurt me. <laughs> I, I, I was not overwhelmed either way by it. I, I, there were parts of it that I enjoyed, and there wasn't anything that I hated, but it was just like, eh. Just just one Londo and Jakar scene would have gotten it a two. Yes, yes. At yeah. least. Agreed. They could have done that. 
Or if they would have showed the Pac Marad trying to train with the the the, the four pike, I think that would have been oh. hilarious, and oh, that would have been perfect. He would have <sighs> bopped himself in the nose with an oh, opening yeah. up or something. <laughs> he would have. All right, I'm gonna run. Th- I'm gonna run through our patrons really quickly and see what they had to say about it, and then we'll wrap up because I don't have any spoiler space. Do you? I think we we should address the the elephant in the room with the spoiler space that was. Okay. Yes. Yeah, All right. Wrote, yeah. Hold that. Hold that thought. We have yeah. to thank the following people who went to www.b5review.com and keep our program on the air. They include the great Allison Rich, Leah G, Rich Hammett, Ben, a view from the Peanut Gallery, Rose, <laughs> Debbie, no spoilers, Norris, Dragon Con, Delin, Emma Jane Alexander, Emmanuel Seaman, Grumpy Old SGU fan, Jalza. Ma, that's me too, is a grumpy old SU fan. Mondo6, Michael O'Connor, Middle Age Geek Tim, Pete, they listed the books but still didn't say which one they're going to read first, Furman. <laughs> All right. We'll we'll go back to that list, Pete, and we will we will decide which one we're gonna read first. Yeah. It, it's either gonna be Man. one of the Dells or the first yeah. telepath one, right? It can't be yeah. anything else. Yeah, he's man. He's he's demanding. He is a high maintenance patron. <laughs> he is. God bless him. He's, Good job, Pete. He, he's we making us work. He is making <laughs> us earn our earn our earn our pay. Steve Palmer, Stu Parker, the Geek Boy, Unavez, and Una Luna Azul. I'm getting better at that. Repetition is helping me out with it. I used to struggle through that. I, I remember, and it's not really I, that hard. Now I'm just like Unavez and Una Luna Azul. Uh, Drazi Green. Heather and Yancey Steingrabber, Ice Cream Clone with a Boba Fett head, Michael Halbrook, and New Pulp Reader and Writer. Thank you guys all so much. We can't begin to tell you how much we appreciate you. And now I'm going to see if I can go to notifications. No, I'm going to have to go to the page. The way, I, the way I get our listener commentary is to go to the Patreon page and basically just look back at the last episode and there's comments uh, there's a lot of get well soon Andes from the that uh, from three weeks ago, so we may have already talked about those. Yeah, we did, uh, and that's very okay. sweet, and I appreciate that. And then, uh, oh, load more comments. Oops. Okay, so yeah, here are the ones over the last little while. So from a view from the gallery, New Pulp Reader and Writer says, this is a fun one. I wanted to thank you for your recommendations. The podcast often has show recommendations. Marvelous Mrs. Maisel and For All Mankind, and I enjoy them. Well, good. I'm glad we were getting out to That's folks. That's awesome. That's awesome. Heard another podcaster talk how the new show might get shopped to a streamer, and he said if Apple picked it up, uh, I'm sure you had the same reaction I did. Faith manages. Well, I'm not... He kind of left the dot dot there. There, if if Apple picked it, if Apple picked it up, it would look great. But we'd get like eight episodes every two years, which is kind of a downer. Right. I was just, I, I I try to like put Apple shows completely out of my mind after they're over, after I podcast about them, whatever, and they're done. Because if I'm waiting on the next season, it's going to be a long time. I dearly love Foundation. We're not going to get another season of Foundation for two more years. Right, but that's kind of the the stream the the streaming economy. I mean, that's how things work. Yeah. That's that all started with with Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones had mm-hmm. what was it seven seasons over ten years or something like that. So it, it's going to be if it, if it's a streaming, whether it's on Apple or not, that's how it's going to be. I mean, it, yeah. it, we're going to get eight episodes, and it's going to be a year and a half to two years before we get another season <laughs> because they they just don't do. TV like they used to when you would get 22 or 27 episodes in a season. 
they, they don't have Dude, that infrastructure anymore. If you go on uh, Paramount Plus currently, before they change it all, mm-hmm. if you go on Paramount Plus currently, you can watch Perry Mason. The mm-hmm. first season, just the first season of Perry Mason, 40 hours of episodes. Yeah, that's crazy. One season. Right. Yeah. And uh, even up until you know the, the early 2000s, they were still doing 20, 22 episodes in a I mean, Babylon 5 mm-hmm. got 22 episodes 22, every year. yeah. Space yeah. 1999, and, and Star- I believe, was 24, yeah. Yeah, Star-, Star Trek the same way. And now, Star Trek had a lot of... Star Trek was different. They weren't telling one long story. They right. they had a lot of filler episodes and very episodic episodes and some really stinker episodes in there. But um, And that's what you get when you're doing 22 episodes in the season. You're going to get some stinkers in there. If you compare one season of The Expanse or one season of For All Mankind with eight solid, incredible movie-quality episodes to mm. Star Trek The Next Generation where you get oh yeah uh, 16 so-so episodes and eight really quality, you know, movie-quality episodes, right. you're still getting the same amount of, of quality show. It's true. It just it just doesn't seem like as much because we don't get all the, you know, all the, the, the rice filler. All right, we got several more. Uh, ben, a view from the peanut gallery, Rose, uh, says, I knew that Mimbari's souls were being in... Ah, oh, he did the thing I did. Never mind. I've already, I've already used that joke, and then he, he did the exact same thing with, with Emperor Turhan. Does Lady Morella still speak for him from the other side? That's a good question. That's just extrapolating on what we both came up with independently. This episode would have been better if not for JMS's arch enemy, the two-dimensional thug and the actor who makes it worse. <laughs> who watched Mortal Kombat and thought, I must have Kano on my show. Andy, Ben, in the same comment, Ben read my mind and your mind. Yep. Ben's spot on, man. That's Ben's amazing. Tuned in, tuned into the the hosts. It is, it is. Uh, Michael Hallbrook says, "FYI, the Lurker's Guide is on GitHub and can be copied by anyone. I might work on creating a site for it." Interesting. Okay, I don't know anything Ooh. about what he just said, but it sounds good. Drazi Green put a YouTube link and says, "Not on topic for this episode, but interesting take on the whole season." So apparently, it's some kind of analysis of season five. I will check that out and I will put that link in the. Uh, in the when I post it to our website, to our oh cool podcast yeah. website, uh, Allison says I still stand by my liking of this episode. This is uh, the view from the gallery, right. but I do admit that Bo is a bit stiff and one note. And, um, and, you know, I I believe we both gave it a three or yeah three stars for that episode, so we liked it too. We were just a little bit more critical of it. Yeah, but she says, but I still like this episode. Byron still comes off as a smug jailhead. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if you told me that, sh- if you said that show that had Bo and the other guy, I would totally say Luke, Duke. <laughs> so I would have had the wrong Bo. Um, yeah. You can go into details if you want to about the shadow ship when you, f- oh, the shadow ship. Um, oh, she says, uh, maybe a good idea would be to do a raffle among the various patrons and I'll make them a needle felted shadow ship scene, maybe a hyperspace scene. So yeah, what it was Allison Rich, our great Allison that did Andy and me these felt shadow ship portraits. They're amazing. It, it, I've never seen anything it, like it before. It was an art form, a medium that I never knew existed. I had never seen it before. And it's it, and it's felt, it's kind of like, I guess it's picked felt or mm. something. It, my wife knew all about it because she's mm. a crafter too. She had, never, she had never done it before. But it was absolutely gorgeous. I mean, it was so cool. And she perfectly captured, you know, the, the shadow ship. And uh, she sent me a picture of one she did of, uh, um, what's his name? 
well, who's my favorite pilot character? What's his name? Oh, Keffer. Yeah, Keffer's Keffer's last stand. <laughs> so it had the shadow ship in 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 the hyperspace, and it shows the the little Star Fury down there in the corner, just about ready to get zapped. And she didn't have a whole lot to work with, a whole lot of room, because you know the shadow ship was still the same scale. So the Star Fury was less than the size of a dime, but she nailed it. That you mm. could tell it was a Star Fury. Star Fury it was yeah. really really cool. Yeah, really so, amazing. Yeah, yeah, I I would I think if we showed the pictures of it, it would be uh, it it would be a neat thing to raffle off. I just wanted to get the. I didn't want to be out throwing stuff around of hers until we knew that was okay. And so she says it right. is so. Cool. And now, now that she says it's okay, I think we should post pictures of it. Yeah, it's beautiful. It um, and then Pete Furman says, "I agree that the people not involved in the battle that could end the station didn't seem very concerned." Between Londo and Jakar bickering in the shelter to Mac and Bo, putting their feet up and calling in from the observation deck to go on break while a massive space battle is going on outside seemed a little weird. I would right. have liked to have seen a little more sense of urgency and updates about what was going on other than station-wide announcements to stay in their quarters and shelters. I don't need to have minute-by-minute updates like, say, the word... <laughs> Oh, you son of a gun. He says, I don't need to have minute-by-minute updates like, say, the current word count in Van's Union novel. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, where's my mute button? I'm sorry. (laughs) Yeah. Just going to go ahead and delete him from the... (laughs) I'm trying to find... Hold on. I got it. Here it is. Oh wow! <laughs> oh man, that was that was like a rapier right to the heart. Yeah, that oh. hurt. That hurt me. That, that hurt. <laughs> but a little more info would have been nice. Yeah, that. <laughs> I finished that book a month ago, man. Actually, I finished it in December. Um, or Jan- I don't know when it was, but yeah, I'm, 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 I'm. I was just giving Andy a big update on the current book. Right. So that and what makes it so funny is we just had that same discussion mm-hmm. right before we started recording about a different book. To be fair, right. Union is. To be I'm fair, d- it was about a, a different book. That's how Van works, though, guys. He, he he writes these tomes and then he does a rewrite and completely changes everything. And then he comes up with an awesome book that will win an award somewhere. So. Well, I appreciate it. I, yeah, the, it, it, it sometimes the, it works. The pro, the, right? The process might be a little frustrating to watch from the outside, but the end result is always awesome. <laughs> it's frustrating from the inside a lot of the time, I'm I'll be sure. able to tell you. <laughs> Let's go ahead and tell you. All right. That was a patron comments. Thank you, guys. Our next installment will cover 507 Strange Relations. And, Andy, this is another one of those, like the few in Season 1 and some in Season 5. I have no idea what happens this episode. Strange uh, I relations. Couldn't I, I, I couldn't I even know. tell you. I Not watched the first five minutes. I watched the first five minutes of the episode, you know, because it it flips over when you're watching it on on Apple. Mm. And uh, I I watched the first five minutes. And I still don't know what the heck it's about. So. No, I will. That's exciting. I'll, it'll yeah. be a few days before I watch it and, and take all my notes. But um, yeah. All right. Our last thing here before we go. Jump gate activated. Is the elephant in the room, as you said, is I, I'm assuming that is what is what is Delenn upset about? Yes, yes. Go ahead. Tell yeah. the folks what Delenn is upset about. Lockley is an ex-wife of John Sheridan. And apparently Delenn just found that out for the first time right. after I she's think, already there on the station running it. 
Right, I, and I think the 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 actors just found out. Be, <laughs> I don't need, I don't even know yeah. if they know yet. No, I don't know. That's a I good question. Yeah, yeah. Because well, remember the last is, time the last time one of John's former wives showed up on the station, it did not go well. No, it didn't. It didn't. And how many times has this guy been married? How many more wives does he have? I mean, how many more? He's got like a whole binder full of divorce papers. You know. I mean, so he he has a. An army of light wife, a shadow wife, and a Clark wife. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. Yes. That's crazy. Yeah, it is. I wonder if, I wonder if he has a Dilgar wife. I'm going to say Drazi, but Dilgar works too. Yeah, Death Walker. Um, well, should I tell the quick story about the person that pointed that out to JMS? Yes. They're at a convention. JMS is talking, is, he's talking about the, you know, season five. And uh, a lady stands up and says, I just think it's really cool that, you know, the Mimbari do everything in threes. They have worker, religious, and warrior cast. And I just think it's cool that Sheridan's wives have been worker, warrior, or I guess warrior, worker, and religious cast. Yep. And JMS blinked his eyes a couple of times and said, oh, my gosh, I'm even smarter than I thought I was. Right. He had no idea. You took it to a whole new level by making it a wife from each of the the big three wars that Earth had. Yeah, well, but yeah, well, that was him. But he again, he uh, he did not realize that that uh, Lockley was a warrior cast. Um, Anna was worker. Worker. Yep. And um, Delin is religious. Yeah, that's crazy. So uh, he couldn't have a fourth wife because there's not another cast. Right. What's the fourth that cast? Be, the fans? That would be that would be a square. Yes. That we don't have we don't I, need a square. I don't, I don't I don't know what maybe maybe the fourth cast would be the slackers. Yeah, I guess so. So we don't know that you raise a really good point there. Did the actors know right. the subtext of that scene in order to play it? Or or were they just told you found something disturbing out, Delin, and you're not happy about it and John is like, Whoops, I should have, you know, 10 seconds. You know what? I have not run. I'm, I usually track, try to track down interviews for each episode, and I have not seen any interviews discussing that particular topic. So I'll have to see if I can't dig anything up. Well, all right. There we go. That was Learning Curve. That was a solid hour and a half on an episode that, hey, you know what? I didn't fall asleep talking about the episode, fortunately. <laughs> so that's a, that's a press progress. Yeah. So I this is... This has been the adventures of the Pac Mariah Ranger. There you go. Right. Oh, that would be such an awesome spinoff series. It would. Unlike Legend of the Rangers, it would actually might might be good <laughs> <laughs> and entertaining and keep your attention. <sighs> that could have saved that show if they had put a Pac Mariah Ranger on board that ship. They put Jakar on that show and it still didn't it save that show. If that if you can put Jakar on there and still not save it, then yeah. Right. All right. Any final thoughts? We're no, good. sir. I think uh, I think this was a, a a fun episode. This is the first time I ever had to mute myself for a laugh. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! Again, it was the shortest uh, Lurker's Guide page ever, and uh, I think yeah. we can all see why. So I'm really think, anxious to hear what our patrons think about it because I think we unintentionally managed to make an entertaining podcast out of it anyway. <laughs> yeah, no, we did. Yeah, and you know we're I, getting we're getting through season five, Andy. I don't know how, right. but by golly, yeah. we're getting through it. I think it's because we entertain each other. So, Well, here's the difference. Season one, we said we were Sorry. dreading some of it, and yet we ended up loving it. 
right? Season five, we were like, well, maybe that'll happen again. Eh, not so far. I have grown uh, to have a new appreciation for the character of Lockley. I, I will yes. admit that, even though she's only been on three episodes so far. So, we'll a lot of this is just self-inflicted wounds. I don't understand. It is. It is. I mean, hindsight is twenty twenty. But man, yeah. what he could have done. And Lean. JMS certainly has the chops to write yeah. the West Wing in space. Absolutely yes. has the chops. To yes. Do that. Lean into I, your strength. Don't keep giving right. us the guest star nobodies of the right. week. Right. It's it's like it's having, me. you know, I, I don't Patrick Mahomes and 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 Travis Kelsey on your your mm-hmm. roster and playing your third string quarterback and your second string tight end anyway. I mean, yeah, it's just like, it doesn't make well, sense. Yeah. Well, bringing something off your practice squad for the game the, or something. Yeah, the the general consensus is that this season does get better over time. So I'm looking forward I'm, to that. I'm I'm looking forward well, to the, the upswing. Since we're past spoiler space, the first half of the season is telepath stuff. The second half of the yeah. season is is other stuff, I'll just say. Yeah. It gets a little darker. And I think people generally like the second half better than the first half, right? When yeah, things get a little darker. Yeah, the second half is yeah, the second half ties into more the the, the series, yeah, the rest of the series, where the sure. telepath word never really did came out of nowhere and kind of went nowhere. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it, that seems to be the theme of the season. Mm-hmm. Stuff that we don't care about because it it's never come up before and it will never come up again. Comes out of nowhere, goes nowhere. That's it. Right. Yep. Andy, I think our time is up. We're going to get on out of here. We will see you down the road for 507 Strange Relations. Take it easy, man. Sounds good. You take care, man. This has been a White Rocket Entertainment Production.